What has been the impact on your family of breaking rules? When you don't have personal boundaries as a leader and you break your own rules, it doesn't just impact the business. It impacts everybody that's involved in your life. And that to me probably, um, you know, has the, the greatest impact because if, if you can lead well at work, really makes you a better leader at home and if you can set those boundaries at work and have clarity there and you do that at home it it just helps on both sides hi everybody welcome to the roi online podcast where we believe you the courageous entrepreneurs of our day are the invisible heroes of our economy you not only improve our world with your ideas your grit and your passion but you make our world better I'm Steve Brown, and this is the place where we have great conversations with winners just like you while we laugh and learn together. Lloyd Brown, welcome to the ROI Online Podcast. Uh, Thank you, Steve. Uh, Exciting to be here because I've been watching you do this almost from day one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm kind of getting good at you. Hope that after a hundred and something episodes, you get the hang of things. Hey. Uh, what they say is uh, repetition makes you unconsciously confident, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well I'm proud to have you, Lloyd. You're my uh, you're you've been a client, you're a friend, you're a confidant, and now you're an author. And today we're going to talk about your book, Refined by Failure. Breaking Rules and Getting Burned. This is a tale, a cautionary tale of a CEO who um, grew a big company, had a set of rules in place to set him up for success. But you need to read the book to learn what comes out of that. So here's a problem, Lloyd. You set rules to keep you out of trouble. But what happens if you break your own rules? The problem is that most people don't know how to handle failure. They think they do until it happens. And then their confidence crumbles and they feel like a complete failure themselves. But what's cool is this book helps you learn from your mistakes and that you're not defined by your failures. You're refined by these failures. And so Lloyd, tell us a little bit about your professional journey and then what in the world caused you to write a book outlining all your failures. There's a lot of there there, Steve. So, you know, I grew up uh, uh, with a dad that was a serial entrepreneur and uh, owned his own company and um, at an early age started teaching me about business, uh, starting with running vending machines at his business and being responsible to fill them up and uh, both a Coke machine and a candy machine and then uh, getting into lawn mowing business, you know, and and then, uh, you know, going going through that part of life and uh, getting that preparation. And then un- unfortunately, my dad died when I was 20 years old. And um, so then I'm kickstarted into life at, at hyperspeed while I'm in college. And um, I get out and I work for a company that he founded uh, for a number of years and then uh, went to run a large family operated uh, construction business and was a miserable failure at that business. Um, and, uh, and learned a lot of things about not, uh, of what I didn't want to do if I ever had the opportunity to lead my own company. And, 
uh, lo and behold, uh, uh, ended up starting a uh, and found co-founding a company with a uh, two other partners that uh, really took off and did something very special in uh, an eleven-year time frame. Yeah, so this company you built, I got to witness it, and as you know, you were my client during this time, and we became friends. But I got to witness you excel in a rough and tumble industry, the oil and gas services industry. And that's, you did a big, I mean, you, you fought a good fight for a long time and experienced a lot of success. Absolutely. And, and near death experiences and uh, all the things that you, you do when you're an entrepreneur and when you, when you're leading a business and you go through dynamic growth cycles and then you're in an industry that in and of itself is very volatile. You know, there's peaks and valleys and, and uh, they, they, the peaks happen fast and the valleys seem to happen even faster. And so um, there's a lot to be learned um, in that, in that process. And um, the reason there's a lot to be learned is you end up failing a lot. You make, you make a lot of decisions that don't work out and, and most of the time, um, you're able to recover from those. But uh, this last major uh, event in uh, 2020 uh, was one of those that uh, I personally, as a leader, couldn't recover from. Yeah. You know, I'm, one of the things I admired and I recognized when I met you and started seeing you and your company, you had a small company, I think about 25 employees or something, and you grew it to over 200. But, but I always felt that you had identified these 10 rules. And I thought, I really recognized how it was smart and how it actually led your culture and it helped you achieve a certain amount of success by building a team by sitting down and coming up with these rules. Where did that come from? You know, I, uh, I was a member of a, a Vistage group in Fort Worth, and we had a speaker. And I, I really wish I could remember his name. I need to go back and, and research that. But he was talking about how do you have, help people in your organization make decisions as if you were there, but you're not. And he he said, you know, one of the really important things is to create a culture that everybody understands the boundaries, everybody understands the guidelines for them to go make uh, decisions. And he really talked about how that establishes trust within the organization. And um, to me, it resonated that it's like uh, building a super highway, right? You have boundaries on each side. But when you're within those boundaries, you can go really fast. And, and that was the intention behind it um, and really identify what the expectations are for how you treat each other as well. So that that's what we did. Um, the management team, which most of us were uh, shareholders in the company, we came together and we agreed on the 10 rules over a, a few months and then implemented them. And they really, they really ended up defining my life. And you know, so much so that, you know, those rules are really the foundation of writing this book. Yeah. So then, you know, I'm, when I think about those rules, most 
businesses don't get around uh, maybe doing that. You know, imagine the sm- most small businesses, they just get an idea and they kind of try to figure out if it's going to stick or not. And then they wake up maybe a couple of two or three years later and, and then they start to investigate, how do I impact my culture? How do I set up? How do I solve this problem of my employees? They seem to be kind of out of control or not understanding what I'm wanting to achieve. And I think it's a real key to success that if you can do this in the beginning, it's a big lever. No, I I agree with you. Absolutely. Uh, It really goes back to how do you establish a relationship that you trust each other and um, those, those rules or guidelines, whatever you want to call them within the uh, individual organization, they're meant to just give clarity, right? They're meant. So when somebody goes, Hey, I've got a choice. A, I got a choice B. You can weigh those against really those scales within your organization um, for your culture and make a, a, a really good decision. And, you know, we only had one rule that if you intentionally broke it, you were terminated. And that was our safety rule. With everything else, we wanted to give grace because from failing, you learn. And um, I'm, I'm finding out that I'm going to have a PhD by the end of my life on learning from my failures. <laughs> so, so let's establish when you sit down and you start to go, so not everybody's going to want to do the same 10 rules that you do, but those rules that you do decide they're coming from a place of your why. Absolutely. So tell us about your why and why these 10 specific rules, and we'll, we'll quickly let you list those out, but let's start with your why. why where did these come from? And they, they impacted your 10 rules or the, the why did. <clears throat> the, the why really came down, Steve, to I wanted to have a business to where we treated our customers and our employees with mutual respect and trust. And in the oil and gas industry, and my business was in the chemical side, historically has been known as a lot of snake oil salesmen. Mm-hmm. And employees also had been treated somewhat as a commodity and where they could come and go. Everybody's replaceable. And the companies that think like that, that just didn't, never resonated with me. And it's a a reason why um, I started the business was to be able to make those decisions to help shape it and really, you know, treat people with trust, number one, and respect, number two. And in that way, assuming that our products and services were the same, people choose to do business and to work in our organization because of those values. So when we first started working together, you know, the default expectation of um, uh, an internet marketing company is that I need more business. I need more leads, but that wasn't what you needed. You had plenty of business. You didn't have enough employees to take care of your business and you couldn't scale because of that. And yet you're, having to compete for these employees with big companies that had more of a weaponized way of recruiting. Um, Yeah. I've never thought of it, you know, as a weaponized way, but yeah, they, they really knew how to go find 
talent, retain talent, and then they'd eject everybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you had somebody really talented, boy, you know they were going to come after them. So you had to give people a reason to work for you. I think, you know, there's a lot to uh, the statement, you know, treat people and train them so they can leave, but treat them uh, so well that they don't. And, you know, Sir Richard Branson, he's the one I've misquoted him a little bit there, but, you know, he really impressed me when he said that because you're trusting people that they're going to stay when you treat them well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you train them, they're going to be able to grow into your organization and continue to propel that organization forward. You got to have them both. And uh, you just have to trust that doing the right thing is going to provide the right results. Yeah. So I think your rules where your competitive advantage when the employees, the employees were evaluating whether they wanted to work for company A or your company. And I think you were pinging something that was really important to them. Where am I valued? Where's my life going to fit and be congruent with my family life? Absolutely. (laughs) And the funny thing is a lot of folks talked about it being a family atmosphere and in reflection, I don't know that that's, I, I know what they mean by it. Mm-hmm. My experience and my family and other families, most of us are pretty dysfunctional. And yeah. you don't want to have an organization that that's way. But it's a, when you have the best of a feeling of a family, that's a high compliment. And, um, and we, we had that compliment a lot within our organization. So tell us, tell us about your 10 rules. So the 10 rules are rule number one. I'm going to go back to the old 10 rules. Um, Rule number one was a safety rule. Because if you don't go home at night, nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. Rule number two is the golden rule. Treat others as you want to be treated. Rule number three is the give trust, earn trust rule. Rule number four is the have fun rule. You spend more time at work than you should anywhere else. You might as well have fun. Rule number five was the vigorous debate rule. Vigorous debate is encouraged while not violating rule number two. Rule number six, the best rule. We expect while you're at your at work that you're going to give your best every day. Rule number seven, the Zig rule named after Zig Ziglar. Uh, help others get what they want, and eventually you'll get what you want. Rule number eight is um, the commitment rule. Uh, try is not a commitment. Say yes or no so we can know which way we need to go forward. Rule number nine is the celebrate rule. Celebrate business and personal victories. And rule number 10 is the learning rule, which happens to be chapter number one of my book. Hey, I wanted to pause right here and tell you about a book that you need to get today. It's the funniest book on marketing. It's called The Golden Toilet. Stop flushing your marketing budget into your website and build a system that grows your business. And guess who wrote it? That's right. I wrote it. And I wrote it just for you because I want to help you get past the last hurdles of setting up your business and getting it squared away. I wrote it so that you could avoid time, wasting time, wasting money, wasting frustration. Get the book on Audible. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on Amazon. But get the book, take advantage of the insights in there, and let me know what you think. And now, 
back to this excellent episode. So here we are. Let's let's kind of set the stage on why you wrote this book, right? So mm-hmm. one one of your stories in that really uh, impacted me was here you were you were had had fought this long fight. You had made a successful sale and had kind of settled in and was going. You were going to version two of the company. You were getting ready to scale even bigger. And you, you had a reason to celebrate and you were at a car dealership and you were picking up this, this dream car and you get a phone call. Tell us about that story. So we had, we had sold the business in um, December of 2018 um, and the original founding partners and investors um, were bought out and a new group of investors, private equity investors were brought in and the management team, including myself, we all reinvested. And so after that, 2019 was somewhat of a, a turbulent uh, year uh, for the company. And then going into 2020, it was uh, March 27th of 2020 and uh, got a phone call from the chairman of the board of the the company and he asked me if I had a minute and it's funny I was sitting in a car dealership um, waiting in the finance to sign the check and and leave uh, for a new 2020 Corvette so it was uh I, it was really a time I was internally struggling struggling the the business was crashing uh, around us uh, oil and gas we we're on our way to a negative you know forty dollars a barrel for oil. It was just a catastrophic time, and I'm, I'm, everybody's remembering, I'm sure, how that felt uh, in 2020. And, and he, he called and he said, hey, you know, we're looking at how we can help the business survive, and we think that we need to, to lighten the company, and we're, we're heavy in leadership, um, and we'd like for you to step down. It's like, wow, this was a company you started. Yes. How did you feel in that moment? Well, in that exact moment, I was uh, panicked, um, mind racing a million miles an hour. You know, I, I have an employment agreement as part of the the purchase and 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 choosing to stay to to lead the company, and so I'm thinking about you know I've got this agreement, I've got all of these things running through my mind and most prevalent is, is how am I going to have a conversation with my wife? Wow. Um, you know, it's just a, a wave of emotions. And then you go into the faking it mode as a guy comes in and says, Hey, we're ready to close the deal. <laughs> wow. You think about what that drive home was supposed to feel like in your new car. And I can just imagine was that was the farthest thing from your mind as you were driving. Oh yeah. It, uh, it, uh, I remember the whole drive, every aspect of the drive and mm. none of it was on how, you know, cool or awesome that car was. It yeah. was just, it was completely irrelevant at that time. So fast forward, you, you decide I'm going to write a book. And most people go, here's 
here's the road to success. And this is how you get there. And I can teach you. But what does Lloyd Brown do? He writes a book and outlines all his rules and then shows you where he broke them. What am I supposed to get out of this book? I think the number one thing that if I could have an impact is that there's no shame in failure. Mm -hmm. That that failure does not define you unless you let it. And, um, you know, our society is really good about piling on and, you know, even your worst enemy is your own mind. And when you had, had encouraged me so many times to write a book about the 10 rules and the culture, as I started to write that, it really became you know, evident to me that I needed to write not about our success, but the failure because we learned so much more um, from that. And it really became a, a personal journey that, man, it was, it was the most awesome, blessed, hard journey I've ever taken. Yeah. When I encourage you to write this book, I was, you know, I was thinking of all the things that you could help someone that was being acquired or someone that was bringing a, in a investment team or whatever could all the traps that they were about to encounter and how you could help them navigate it. But what you came out with was totally different. You know, what's funny. I think I did outline the traps. <laughs> Because I stepped in all of them. <laughs> I, I don't know if I stepped in all of them, but I stepped in a lot of traps. Most of them were set by me and I forgot they were there and stepped right in them. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe we accomplished that uh, anyway. So we're listening to Lloyd Brown or watch, you're watching Lloyd Brown on the ROI Online podcast. We're talking about his book that just released yesterday, and three categories, number one, bestseller, refined by failure, breaking rules, and getting burned. So, Lloyd, I always, I hear these questions often. People come to us and they're, they're, you know, they're wanting to this investment to help them grow the value of their business. But oftentimes we work on their messaging and it impacts their leadership. So I wanted to ask you several questions here and just get your your off-the-cuff answer. Okay. Okay. And so why is leadership important in life? Well, you're either leading or you're following. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a, I've never really thought of it this way, but you're, you're, you're following somebody, you're following a path. And a lot of people will say, hey, you know, you're forging your own way. And I, I don't know that that's always correct. I think those paths have been taken. Um, sometimes they're harder than what others have gone through. And, and But leadership's important for a follower to be able to trust that leader mm. and to be able to have clarity of where they're leading you to. Are they leading you uh, to a path of... Uh, abundance and and success and growth 
or are they leading you into a path that is stagnant and detrimental to your your physical and mental health? I mean, um, leadership's extraordinarily important. I think the intent of your 10 rules impacts the answer in this question here, but why is integrity important in leadership? Well, I think it all be integrity is the foundation of trust. Mm-hmm. You know, ask everybody what their definition of integrity is, and it it goes all over the place. But really, comes down to: Do you trust that person to do what they say and say what they do? I mean, that's really what it boils down to. So, if you can't trust where you're going. There's no integrity in the organization. There's really, there gets to be these little, I don't know if you want to call them fiefdoms or little pods and, and our clicks. And it's just, it's just unhealthy um, when there's not clarity and boundaries on how you treat each other and, and how you do business. So causes of leadership failure. One of the top three. Great question, Steve. Um, I'm going to grab a drink of water while I'm contemplating that one. Top three. Arrogance. Number one, and arrogance for me, I'm going to speak for me, was being a know-it-all and thinking I knew it all and that I didn't need others' advice. And um, it became my way or the highway in many instances. So I'd be be right up there. Um, Not applying your rules equally. And for me, that meant when I had people that had been in my relationships for a really long time, I would give them a pass on some of the ways that we treated people, for example, and that really created doubt. Looking back, it created doubt in in my leadership and doubt in the trust because, again, it what it didn't have integrity. So, one of the greatest things you can do that I would not be sitting here without my friends that came in and it moments in time within the business sacrifice themselves in an amazing way. But at another point, not having those boundaries or that accountability and feeling since they had done so much sacrificing that I gave them grace and gave them opportunities to treat others the way they didn't need to be treated. And it really, it really, it was tough. So hiring friends and family, if you can avoid it, avoid it. That's, that's it. Number three, golly, Steve. Uh, I would probably say not focusing on your profit. I mean, it you you got to be profitable, and uh, 
So when you read the book, you'll find out that my 10 rules are not the same 10 rules that we just talked about. Excellent. So that's what leads me on. So this last one, leadership failure examples, you you have 10 of them in your book and you've rearranged them. So what are the, what are the, what's the order now? Well, um, rule number one is today is give trust, earn trust. Uh, it's because it's the beginning of any foundation of a relationship. And before you can have any other boundaries or rules, you've got to step into a relationship by either giving trust, well, really always giving trust and then earning that trust. Rule number two is the safety rule. Again, because if you don't go home at night, nothing else matters. Rule number three is the golden rule, treat others as you want to be treated. Rule number four is profit first means you can have fun. And really, if you think about it, profit first is putting people first. Um, Rule number five is still the vigorous debate rule. And six is the best rule. Seven is zig rule. Eight is the commitment rule. Nine is the celebrate rule. And 10 is learning rule. So now that your, your book's written, folks are going to read it. And they're going to look to you for some sort of input. What's a proper expectation of how you could help them think through their rules? Well, it goes back to the first question you asked me, which was why. And words mean things big time. And it's funny how, as I've been, blessed with the opportunity to mentor some folks right now, really helping them understand the clarity behind what they say and why they say it. Because many times we'll say something that is really tied to a feeling without really diving into the real meaning and purpose behind that. And if we can't be completely clear about it, right, Mm -hmm. it, it, it creates an opportunity within the organization and even the leadership to not have clarity because it, we each define something differently. So give us an example. Um, maybe someone that obviously you didn't just come up with this. You've been working with folks for a while. Give us a, an example of success. In what context? Well, where you've sat down and, and you've helped someone clarify their why and begin to, and what's been the outcome of that? So I think one fruit, because success is something that you, you work at every day. It's, it's a, it's kind of like perfection. You have moments that you get really, really good at something but you're never going to be perfect. It's impossible to be perfect. Success is very much, it's, you can have success for a moment, but a life of success is moments of of having wins. And so where I really see companies becoming and transitioning and really that owner, entrepreneur, is when they have clarity, the speed that their organization starts moving, 
the alignment that comes in. I've got I've got a, a, a pair of clients right now. They uh, both are leading the organization, and in about four months, five months, they've gotten their why down and they've really gotten clarity in the organization, and it everything just starts clicking. It's um, it's crazy how fast they're moving and propelling their business forward, and then it's uh, for me it's satisfying to go, wow, you guys are just growing in a way and they're, they're having fun. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, and that's what I, it, business is hard, but you ought to have more time of the day that you're enjoying it than you're not. If it's drudgery, you might need to think about doing something else. Yeah. I think that this, let's assume your organization has people that are committed. They have the best intent and interest in success and imagine they're all heading to some point on a horizon somewhere and the biggest challenge for any leader is to take this this direction the and out of their head and clearly make it where everyone can see it so all of a sudden the energies start to align and go to the same point and i when i was reading your book i was seeing that this could be very impactful for a lot of people. But the other thing I took away was most of us define ourselves by our failures and we beat ourselves up for so long. And here you are going, no, you don't, you can take this and flip that. And I think it's something that most leaders need a little help to talk it through with someone. It's, it's hard to let yourself off the hook sometimes. And I think absolutely. I think this is a very empowering aspect of your book. Thank you. So we're listening, or you're watching Lloyd. Our conversation with Lloyd Brown, and he's an author now. His book is "Refined by Failure: Breaking Rules and Getting Burned." It's a Amazon bestseller in three categories right out of the gate on the first day. So Lloyd, I always ask this question is like, what's one question that I didn't ask that you wished I would have? Uh, I would say. What has been the impact on your family of breaking rules? So, yeah, let's talk about that. That can, that's a little sensitive. Well, it, it is. And when you don't have personal boundaries as a leader and you break your own rules, it doesn't just impact the business. It impacts everybody that's involved in your life. And that to me probably, um, you know, has the the greatest impact because if if you can lead well at work, it really makes you a better leader at home. And if you can set those boundaries at work and have clarity there, and you do that at home, it it just helps on both sides. And I can say since the day that I was called, and actually, really, the end of June, June 29th, was really a turning point. Um, for me, because my wife looked at me and she told me, I'm done. I'm not doing this craziness anymore. And um, 
which led me to hire a coach from my mind. A guy named Dave Hollis, I read his book and he talked about, you know, we'll do a lot of things for our physical health, but we don't focus on our most, the strongest part of our body, which is our mind. And that, that's really, those two things are the ones that I had wished you'd ask me. So you mm-hmm. did now. Yeah, the, your book starts off with a big gut punch on that topic. And it's like, I think a lot of us all struggle with with that same experience in some way where we've neglected in this fight to be successful and this justification of all this is worth it or I got to go focus on this. And, and yet we neglect the people we love the most. Yep, absolutely. So Lloyd, where's, uh, how can people reach out to you, connect with you, learn more about you, get your book? Tell us all of that. Well, uh, books available at uh, my website, and that's also how you can reach out to me, which is uh, refinedbyfailure.com. Um, it's available on Amazon and on iBooks. And um, I think there'll be some other outlets that'll be picking it up here pretty quick. So but uh, we have the, the link on my website, uh, and that's really one of the easiest ways to go. It'll take you right to the page on Amazon to be able to buy either the Kindle version or uh, the, the printed copy of the book. Most business owners, they write books on how to do it right. Here's what you do. But Lloyd Brown, no, he's going to do it differently, but he's going to touch you deep. Refined by failure, breaking rules and getting burned. Uh, Stephen M. R. Covey's even endorsed you. So congratulations, Lloyd. Uh, thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. And again, thank you uh, for being one of my coaches and, and encouragers. And uh, uh, the book wouldn't have happened without that. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Mike. I'm proud. This is good stuff. Lloyd, you've been a great guest on the ROI Online podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Steve. I really appreciate it. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to another fun episode of the ROI Online podcast. For more, be sure to check out the show notes of this episode and feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat and I can help direct you to the resources you're searching for. To learn more about how you can grow your business better, be sure to pick up your copy of my book, The Golden Toilet, at surprisethegoldentoilet.com. I'm Steve Brown, and we'll see you next week on another fun episode of the ROI Online Podcast.